One for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Glad to have you aboard with us, Ken. He is sunning and funning in Vegas. Saw some hockey the other night out there and then doing some business in California. He's got a nice trip in front of him. That means it's just me, but we still got great guests to get you through a Wednesday, including our standard 11.05 on Wednesdays. It's David Kaplan presented by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Cappy, once again, great to hear from you. I was off last week helping my wife out as she was going through surgery, so it's been a few weeks. How are things with you? Everything is A-OK. I hope your wife is well, and I hope all your outstanding listeners are, because I love talking sports with you guys. It's wonderful. It's one of our favorites. We hear from so many different people, Cappy, too, that enjoy this segment, enjoy the conversations, and there are just so many Chicago sports fans here in our in our town. And, you know, we were talking earlier, our program director, Andrew Downs, was sitting in with me in the first hour. We're in a great spot here because as it pertains to the NFL, we could get away with talking Bears, Packers, Vikings, and the Chiefs to the south of us. We can get away with that. We could talk really six Major League Baseball teams. For you, you and Chicago have a lot to talk about, but... What are the doldrums? What are the difficult parts of your job in sports talk radio, finding topics? Is it is it the summer swoon? Is it different times? What's the worst time for you as it pertains to sports talk in Chicago? Oh, that's a really good question, Trent. Really good question. Um, look, I don't think the Cubs are destined for greatness. The White Sox, I do think, have a really good baseball team despite all the injuries that they're dealing with. But the Blackhawks season is over, and they're not very good. The Bulls season is coming to a close, and they're not very good, and they're not going to the playoffs, nor are the Hawks. But we have the Bears schedule release. We have the Bears drafting Justin Fields. So that can carry us 365, 24-7, 365. (laughs) Um, But the doldrums are probably pre-training camp during June I mean, there's so many baseball games. What are you going to talk about every day? So we try to get creative. Like yesterday, it was National Eat Whatever You Want Day. That took up half of our show. <laughs> People wanted to talk about, you know, what they would eat if they weren't being held to, oh, my God, I can't have any carbs today, and i got to make sure I get my kale and whatever it is. And then today, so KJZ did this question, who are the three biggest stars in each market. So L.A., that's a really tough discussion. LeBron, there's um, Kawhi Leonard, there's Aaron Donald. Oh, wait a minute, we forgot about Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. Oh, I mean, you, know, you go to all these Aaron Donald, you go to all these unbelievable players. So Chicago, they asked me that question. So the way we determined the outcome was there's one table at Chicago Cut, which is the best steakhouse in the city. Mm-hmm. One table and every current athlete, male or female, current, that plays on a Chicago team. So not Derek Rose or you know, somebody that's on another team but from here. 
every current athlete walks up to the host stand at the same time, and David Flom, the owner, looks and goes, oh, God, I only have one table available. Every single table is taken for the rest of the night. What athlete has the swag to get that table? I said it's Patrick Kane. Patrick Ooh. Kane is a guy who loves the city. He likes to go out and have dinner. He doesn't run the streets like he did when he was a kid, but he's won three rings. He's approachable. Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, and Justin Fields. So people are like, Justin Fields hasn't even taken a snap yet. He's the quarterback of the Bears, and they just drafted him, and everyone's over the moon about it. So my point is, we can always talk football, but the dog days probably are from now until the end of no football. It's uh, Well, it goes without saying. Fields would get that table before Andy Dalton, right? That's a no-brainer. <laughs> maybe the, what they tweeted out about Andy Dalton, and he may be the guy. But I'm just telling you, Justin Fields is the really bright part of the future here. So you've been in Chicago for such a long time. You know the city incredibly well. I know we've had these conversations in the past, you know, how big, how important the Bears are to the town. And, and you've told us it, it's more than anything, it's a Bears town. Even when they're terrible, the Bears still matter. The expectations for Justin Fields, the the hope that comes with it, it just feels like it's the right guy at the right time. But are we getting wrapped up in that as Bears fans, as both of us are, that we're maybe overlooking some of the question marks that were there. We're overlooking some of the things that some scouts felt made him drop down to the 11th pick. Are we just too enamored with the guy to, to see some of the issues that might come up? Uh, I don't think so. I think we're all very realistic about the Bears history at the position. Uh, you know, when I hear a reporter, I think it was Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network called NFL teams after the draft was completed. 16. And we're not talking about talking to a media relations staffer. She's talking to either GM or head coach or head scout and said, okay, now that the draft's over, without me quoting you, take me inside your board at quarterback. How did you rank them? And of the 16 teams that she spoke to, eight of them said, we had Justin Fields as the number one guy on the board ahead of Trevor Lawrence. So... That's a minimum a quarter of the league. That's eight out of 32 that she knows for a fact had him the number one guy on the board. You know, you can look why he slipped. Jacksonville was locked in on Trevor Lawrence the whole time, and the owner wanted Trevor Lawrence, and it was a marketing thing. He's a really good player. Zach Wilson, that had kind of become the Jets' guy. Mm -hmm. They just fancied him and locked in. And then... The 49ers said, we're not trading Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to be our QB, but we're going to train Trey Lance. So those three made sense. Then you look and go, well, Cincinnati had Joe Burrow. They didn't need one. The L.A. Chargers, who were going to try and trade up to get a lineman, they weren't going to come get a quarterback. Dallas has a quarterback. Carolina just traded for Sam Darnold. The Lions just got Jared Goff. And Denver just got Teddy Bridgewater, and they have Drew Locke. So you could make a case why he slid. I just think it's, the, you know, five, six years from now, we're going to look back and go, how the hell did that guy stay on the board till pick 11? The same thing we say with Mahomes and Watson as we look back at that draft. No 
with uh with that, the Bears, there's still question marks. You know, they they tried to do some things on the offensive line. I think the interior of the O line's gonna be okay, but certainly questions at the tackle position. You, you bounce out, you look at wide receivers, you you wonder about the tight end spot. Defensively, it is an aging defense. What's the how what's the best upside you can see for the twenty twenty one Chicago Bears? Best upside ten and seven something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, if Aaron Rodgers is truly out in Green Bay, if that's totally true, that Aaron Rodgers is throwing his last pass in green and gold, then the Bears can win the division. They absolutely can win the division because I don't think Detroit is going to win the division. I think they're in a full-scale rebuild, and they'll see how Jared Goff does, but I don't think he's amazing. The Vikings? We keep waiting for them to flex their muscles to be really good. Kirk Cousins is okay. He's not a horrible quarterback, but he's certainly not what you would think of as an all-pro type quarterback. So all of a sudden, you look and go, wait a minute. Green Bay doesn't have Aaron Rodgers. Their GM came out the other day and said Jordan Love is nowhere near ready, but they really like him. Oh, God. I mean, you have a chance with a veteran defense and You've got this, you know, renewed optimism at quarterback that Mitchell Trubisky's not here. So yeah, absolutely, I think this can be a ten-win, eleven-win team. Well, as you could tell, I, I didn't want to get to baseball right away. Maybe I just put it in the back of my mind because my Twins stink, and watching the White Sox just absolutely obliterate them yesterday. Twins jump out three nothing lead, and it didn't matter. First, you told me you were at the game last night as a fan with your son. Is that right? Yeah, my son's birthday, he's a huge baseball fan, and so we would go to the Cubs if they were at home. They weren't. They're in Cleveland. So I said, Brett, I'm going to buy tickets, and we're going to go to the White Sox game. So we have a 15-game package to see the White Sox. We have tickets to a bunch of Cubs games. And so we went to dinner last night, then we were in the crowd. That was my first live sporting event as a fan since the end of the baseball season. 2019, so what, a year and a half, almost two years, and it was awesome. You know, the way they socially distance, they zip tie mm-hmm. certain seats where you, you can't possibly try and sit there so they don't have to police it. Then you cannot go, like we're in section 142, you can't go from 142 to, you know, 119 to go see your buddy. You cannot. You can go from 142 to like 146, so you get your smattering of concession stands, and then it's gated, and there's an usher right there, and I see your ticket, please. And I show my ticket, and they're like, nope, sorry, you're not allowed to go. Because they want to be able to do, they know everyone who's in there. Every ticket now is done through the ballpark app, so they can contact trace whoever it is. So if they say, oh, God, we found out that so-and-so tested positive, and bam, here are the people that was in his section. I think it's, they've done a wonderful job, and we had no one anywhere around us because there's only 25% capacity, plus he and I are fully vaccinated. Nice. And uh, that boy, the home run by Abreu, it, it would have been different with certainly 30,000 people in the in the building, but just uh, as that one went out, what, what was it like? What, what, what was the environment like in a big moment in a game against a division rival? It was just cool. They're down three nothing. Dylan Cease, you know, struck out two in the first inning, and so my son and I pulled up the points bet app on my phone, mm-hmm. and 
we look at Dylan Cease over under strikeouts, it's five and a half. We're like, what do you think? He throws really hard. Let's play it. It's cold. Let's play it. So we bet over five and a half strikeouts. He gets two in the first inning. Like, here we go. Then the second inning, I look, his pitch counts up to 40 in the second inning because he's getting ripped, and it's 3 nothing. And then the Sox get the home run by Grandal, and the place went nuts. 3-3, back at it. And then he settled down. He was locked in. He ended up striking out seven. And then Abreu hits the big home run, and Adam Eaton with a hit. And all of a sudden, they're in control. So it was really cool. Speaking of Dylan Cease, are they going to find some more at-bats for that dude? Uh, that's pretty funny because he got three hits in Cincinnati. Right. I, I mean, I'm sure usually the star pitcher in high school, the star shortstop pitches, and they're usually the best hitter on the team, too. He must have been a great hitter when he was playing at high school. Don't think we got any Shohei Otani happening here, but he was really settled in last night. The bullpen's coming together. The injuries are concerning, but the Royals are falling apart. The Twins have dug themselves such a big hole, and I just I don't think the Indians have the bats to keep up, even as good as that rotation and bullpen are in Cleveland. It's not a foregone conclusion because it's baseball, but... It kind of feels like a four-guy conclusion. The White Sox are winning this division. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, they've already lost Luis Robert and Aloy Jimenez. They've had stints on the injured list already from Tim Anderson and Lance Lynn. Uh, Look, you know, we don't know what we're all day-to-day. No one knows what the next injury could be for that team. But if they don't get decimated by major injury to key guys, yes, I think they win that division by six or seven games. To the National League and the Cubs. Bieber last night, good again, no surprise. Even in a game where maybe he didn't have his best stuff, you can see that guy is a Cy Young contender every single year. Cubs hanging around. Is is this kind of the best-case scenario for them, though? Just hang around, maybe make it interesting, and we'll figure things out come late July. Yeah, I, I think Jen is already surveying the landscape. He's you know back channeling, talking to his agents for the guys that are going to be free agents, and he's got to make a decision here. Maybe not today, but in the next six weeks. Okay, is this team going to contend, or am I moving on from Rizzo, Baez, Bryant, Contreras? Got sixteen of his twenty-six guys on one-year deal, or they're coming out of long-term contract. They're all going to be free agents. So what does he do? How does he navigate the future? Because, you know, let's assume that they stay in the race, but they don't have a legit chance to win a World Series. You're going to have to make some really tough decisions, folks. I know we're two games out, or whatever the number is, I'm not re-signing all these guys, and we're not good enough to win the World Series, so I am moving on. That would devastate the fan base, but it would be the best thing for the long-term future of the franchise. You know, and when you look at a rebuild, rebuilds are different because of buying power that different teams have. The Tigers are going through what looks to be a six- or seven-year kind of rebuild. The Cubs, it wouldn't be that long, but how long would it take the Cubs, in your mind, for a complete teardown and build back up? Three years? Uh, I don't think you'll ever see a complete teardown. I do not. Uh, they've got their own TV network now. They don't have guaranteed money coming in from 
NBC Sports Chicago, WGN, and ABC like they did. And I truly believe complete teardown, no chance. And the free agent class next winter is freaking loaded. Besides the Cubs stars, there's a bunch of great players that are coming out that are going to be free agents. I truly believe they are, without a doubt, going to spend money next winter, and they're going to remake that team. Now, they may not be ready to win a World Series in a year, but I think you're going to see the prospects coming through the system. I think you're going to get some more prospects when you trade a couple guys, and I think you'll see a couple big signings. Final thing for you, David Kaplan joining us, presented by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Cappy, it's the Bulls, as they are on the outside looking in to even get in to the expanded playoffs this year with the play-in round. You're number one to Billy Donovan, okay? I just I look at the roster, I look at the team, and it's hard to find a whole lot of hope here. This organization as a whole, just where they're going. Uh, I actually do see some hope because I love the Bucevic addition. Mm-hmm. Zach Levine, I don't think they're going to sign this offseason. He'll be restricted, and they will wait and get him signed as an unrestricted free agent in the summer of 22. And if he continues to play at this level, he's going to get a monster deal. And I truly think, see, if you sign him this summer, you use up cap space. If you wait until next summer, you can sign him and use what's called his bird rights, and that allows you to go over the salary cap, whatever you need to do, to sign him to a super max deal. That's where I think it's headed. A huge key will be they're not going to make the playoffs. They traded away their first-round pick, but they have top-four lottery protection. What that means is that if their pick in the lottery ball is in the top four, they don't have to give it away. It conveys to next year. So they'll get a heck of a player if they're in the top four. If they don't get there, then they got to go sign a point guard. Lonzo Ball, Mike Conley. Like Chris Paul ignited the Phoenix Suns mm-hmm. this year, that's what the Bulls need. They need a veteran floor leader, somebody that helps organize the offense or get lucky in the draft and get either Cade Cunningham of Oklahoma State or Jalen Suggs of Gonzaga. That would be fun, no doubt about it. Cappy, as always, appreciate your time. Have a good week. You too, man. Talk to you next week. Be so- good. Sounds great. That's David Kaplan as he joins us each and every Wednesday here on Miller & Condon. It's presented by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Big thank you to Mr. Luch and everybody involved at Centurion Stone of Iowa. You can find their showroom out on 22nd Street in Des Moines. Great things for you, for your home, maybe even for your business. A lot of awesome things to work on the interior and exterior of your home centurion stone of iowa 5525 northeast 22nd street in des moines stop on out and see what they can do to improve your home with that we'll take a time out when we come back we're gonna talk college football though it was preseason top 10 iowa state cyclones we'll get the thoughts of pete futek on that we'll talk big 12 we'll talk big 10 we'll talk about iowa we'll talk about college football as a whole are we trending towards a 12 team college football playoff. We'll talk about that with Pete Futek next as we continue. It's Miller and Condon.
1460 KXNO at 106.9. Network to learn more. The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. CISN TV, the home for live local. Deary Waukee. Trent Condon here with you. There's two kinds of rental property owners. The do-it-yourself guy and the renter's warehouse guy. You know DIY guy. He insists on handling everything himself, even if it makes him miserable. Renter's warehouse guys are a lot happier because they let my friends at renter's warehouse handle all their property management headaches. Like when a tenant clogs a crapper, DIY guy grabs a plunger, heads over, opens the lid, and nearly passes out. Renter's Warehouse guy, he lets Renter's Warehouse handle it. When tenants are late with rent, DIY guy interrupts his workday to call them, email them, text them, until he's wasted his entire day. While Renter's Warehouse guy lets Renter's Warehouse handle it. And when a tenant has an emergency at 3 in the morning, DIY guy has to roll out of bed and handle it himself. Because when you're a DIY landlord, your tenant's problems are always your problems. Renter's Warehouse guy, he sleeps. Sleep soundly through the night. When it comes to your property management, let Renner's Warehouse handle it. Get your free rental price analysis at Renner'sWarehouse.com today. That's Renner'sWarehouse.com today or call 515-528-4411 through the 13th for the boys. Rolling through a Wednesday edition, it's Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Time to talk college football, diving into the offseason. We're still a few weeks away from magazine season upon us, but the great news is you don't need magazines. All you need, college football news, collegefootballnews.com. Futech, the publisher, joins us here today. Mr. Futech, it's been a while. Good to catch up again. How's your offseason been? It's good. Magazines? Like, yes. People, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not joking. Do people... I mean, the problem is the magazines are put together in like February, right? So like it's you get them and it's like I'm an older guy, so I like the tradition. But really, like, is there like do people read them anymore? I do, but I'm a weirdo, and I like honestly, it's just Phil Steele. Phil Steele is still the one for me that is the standard bear. It's got a lot of information in there. Some things I don't know what the hell he's trying to to uh, pull out and what he's saying, but. It's one of those things where it's all compact, it's all in one place, but for updated information, the website's probably the place to go, right? Yeah, you know, his, 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 I wish you did more on the right. Like, I literally can't read his magazine. Like, the, the 2.5 mm-hmm. has always kind of been a uh, busting factor for me. But yeah, it's, it's all out there. It's all, you know, it's, it's a fun tradition that I actually sort of miss, because now I know too much about the, uh, the magazine side of the world and how they're made. And, like, there's been the transfer portal. You know, with spring football meaning so much, and it's just it's it's so out of date by the time you get them. And I've gone through that nightmare writing with them before. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's all about the web now. But anyway, but I digress. <laughs> yes, well, I, I get it now. I saw yesterday as you go through and you preview all the teams in the college football that you had your Iowa State one out. The expectations, Pete. It goes without saying they have never been this high before. Coming off a Big 12 championship game appearance with seemingly everybody coming back for this team. Expectations, as you can imagine, 
are through the roof. When Just an overview for Iowa State. When you look at this team, everybody coming back, what you think about this Cyclone squad? Obviously awesome. I mean, uh, obviously with everyone coming back, the expectations should be high. But you guys, you know better than anybody else, the expectations aren't just high. They're high for something historic. Mm-hmm. Because the program's never won an outright conference championship before. And I think... You know, the, the two conference championships they won were like in 1911 and 1912, I yep. believe. Um, never won 10 games. You know, you're, you're asking for some a, a historic anomaly that this team has the talent to do. It's got NFL guys. It's got experience. It's got a ton of all Big 12 talent. The problem, however, is that the expectations are going to be sky high. And I kind of think as this offseason goes on, it's going to start to dawn on everyone else just how weird this season is going to be because of the super senior campaign. Because 2020 was such a, such a nightmare for so many reasons, obviously for the obvious, but like on a football sense, of just trying to get these teams together. But now you have team after team after team with like 22 starters coming back. Mm-hmm. So it's not just Iowa State who has all this talent coming back. Obviously, you know, they're going to be ranked top 10 in just about all the preseason polls. Uh, they're going to be way ranked high in too many of them. I, mean, top, I saw a top five, which is a little extreme, but all right. But the, you're right, the expectations are there. The problem is Texas Tech. Texas Tech gets everyone back. They get Tyler Shug from Oregon, who's probably going to be the first quarterback taken in next year's draft. The problem is Kansas State. Kansas State gets just about everybody back. You know, Oklahoma gets everybody back. Like, everybody in the Big 12, I mean, obviously there's the Kansas free space, but it's not just that Iowa State is, is you know, can't beat any of these teams. It's that grind that now the Big 12 is actually kind of pretty good. And, okay, you know, you could beat a TCU, you could beat a Texas Tech, but you got to beat all of them now if you want to you know, hit those expectations that Iowa State's going to be shooting. Yeah, and the other thing is just the margin is so thin. And we've seen this in our state when Iowa's had these preseason pubs. And they've had good teams. I go back to a decade ago, coming off 2009. They were preseason top 10 in 2010. The team was actually, I think, better. I thought it was a better team. But they went 7-5 and five because every close game after winning in them no 9 they lost them in 2010. The margin, even with all these guys back for Iowa State, it's so thin that just going out there and... Uh, just coast your way to 11-1. You know this, Pete. It doesn't happen in college football that way. It's the LSU problem. It's the SEC West problem where you can have an awesome season and it doesn't bring you anything. And, you know, if you're Iowa State and you go 10-2, and it's the greatest season you've ever had in a regular season in the history of Iowa State football. But, yeah, if you're not winning the Big 12 championship, you saw how close you know it was last year to being a – such a special season, you know, it's so the, the expectations have to be at a certain level, but that's what the fun part is. You know, it's, it's a good problem to have, you know, we're talking here in, you know, middle of May and we're saying for Iowa state football has a reasonable expectation to get to the big 12 championship. You know, even if it doesn't happen, that's fun. You know, that's the fun part for a fan. And, you know, it's, 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 it's different than being an Alabama fan or an Ohio state fan where if you don't win the national championship, your season and your year is destroyed. You know, it's, it's, it's a different level, and I almost kind of think in a certain way it's a little more fun to kind of be an Iowa State fan right now. 
Let's go to the other side of the state to Eastern Iowa and the Hawkeyes as they come off a year where started 0-2, won six straight, probably would have been eight straight if they would have got to play Michigan and Missouri to end the season. That didn't happen because of COVID, but more than anything, I like this team. I like what they have, except for one spot, the most important spot in football, the quarterback spot. I, I just, I don't see Spencer Petras being the guy that can take them to good eight and four, maybe nine and three, and to finally get back to that Big Ten championship game and, and upset somebody there. I just don't see him being that guy. How about you? Yeah, you, you don't have to be that guy though necessarily. If all the if the rest of Iowa goes Iowa and the lines are good again, you know the defense is strong. Obviously, the you know if you're the Hawkeyes, one of the you know biggest steps there is just kind of continue to do what you do. And you know you mentioned the two losses they had Northwestern. That is they kind of you know, Northwestern just kind of didn't go away, and all of a sudden Iowa lost. So they they were right there. You're not going to get the down Wisconsin again. Wisconsin has you know had everybody hurt. The COVID, no team in college football have a bigger COVID issue. So Wisconsin, if it finds its running game again, it's going to be nasty. Uh, Northwestern's actually just as good as it was last year, uh, if not better in certain areas. Uh, Nebraska's eventually going to not screw something up and be okay. Minnesota is one of those uh, super senior teams that gets everyone back. So, again, if you're Iowa, you're going to be good and you'll be in the mix. But the, the expectations there are, like you said, a little bit different. If you can just be in the hunt for the Big Ten West title late in the season, they'll be doing their job. Yeah, and I think that's probably a realistic spot for them. You know, when you look at the Big Ten, we saw Ohio State break through at least in the semifinal, get another victory, and move to that championship game before they ran into the buzzsaw that is Alabama. Is this becoming a problem, though? I mean, the the gap between Ohio State and everybody else in the conference. Penn State, they've had their years, but still haven't got to the playoff. Michigan, we know, has been a disappointment under Harbaugh. Is this a problem for the conference? A little bit. In those times that they did get Ohio State, it was something crazy, like a blocked kick for a score or, you know, something else weird happened. It's, it would be nice if you had someone else ride them. And, you know, for example, it's a, it's a big problem for, like, the ACC, that Clemson every year is Clemson. You know, it's, it, you'd like to have one team that kind of rises up. It would be good if, if the Big Ten West could win, uh, win one of these things again for the first time since, you know, for a while. Um, and it would be good if, if Michigan could finally get past Ohio State. But if you're not going to, going back to the super senior thing, if you're not going to get Ohio State this year, then there's a problem because they lose so much talent. They replace it with NFL talent. But at the same time, this is the year they're losing talent and everyone else gets guys back. So get them this year. Will they? No. Good <laughs> schedule. It's, I believe they miss Iowa. I could be wrong on that. I know they miss Wisconsin. Uh, you get the Oregon game early. I think they're one tough game. They, they get Penn State at home. They got to go to Michigan. So even eleven and one, and then they, they get back to the Big Ten championship. Uh, but yeah, it would be a it'd be a nice thing if you just had more options coming in. You know, again, going back to going back to the ACC schedule, like it'd be nice if Florida State or Miami could be a a, a threat to Clemson. It'd be nice if you had other options to rise up and be. Uh, at least it's more of a threat for Ohio State. 
talking with Pete Futek, college football news, taking a look around Big 12, Big 10. And now let's jump to the national level, Pete. And the growing conversation that started a few weeks back, college football, the expansion of the playoff, the possibility of doing it in the 2023 season. Not for this year, not the next, but TV contracts and the like. The likelihood that this is going to happen. Let's start just with the nuts and bolts and what you know. When we get to that point, are we expanding past four? Yeah, it, these things could turn on a dime, too. I mean, this is a more fluid situation, you think. Remember, uh, when it, what, the BCS, was the, there wasn't going to be a BCS, and they decided, yeah, we're going to have a BCS. There wasn't going to be a college football playoff, and then they decided, yeah, let's just have one. It, it can flip pretty fast. The thing to remember is that the college football playoff people are bowl people. They want the bowls to maintain their integrity. So the only reason we got a college football playoff to begin with is that they didn't have to change anything. They just redesignated a game to being the college football playoff national championship. They kept the bowls intact, and they just added an extra game. You know, so that's all doable. Um, I think the way to do it, you have to do something, because as we're talking here on May 11th or whatever it is, 75 teams are pretty much eliminated without even starting the season. Yeah. You know, it just... No chance. Like Cincinnati, yeah, it's a fun story. No chance. Cincinnati's not getting into the college football playoffs. They're just not. And it stinks. You know, it's that's no fun. You've got to be able to have, give everyone a, a fighting chance at this, but you have to also maintain the regular season. Look what we just had. You know, we just, we're just finishing up the FCS playoffs. It's an easy fix. All you do is make it eight. You take the five Power Five Conference champions, one top group of five champion picked by the panel of judges, and then two more wild cards picked by that panel of judges. Now you've got a way to play your way in where if Northwestern were to upset Ohio State in a Big Ten championship, you could still have Ohio State get in. Mm-hmm. You could still have a way to do this. You make championship games that much bigger. You play these games on the home side of the higher seeds because right now there's no advantage to being the higher seeds. And you do it the week after conference championship games. And then everyone gets the ball season starts. All the teams get three weeks to go for the college football playoff as it is now. And then at least you're more inclusive of all the other teams involved. There's been a lot of talk of 12. And the 12 number initially, not a fan. I don't like buys in general. I like everybody running basically the same kind of race. And to give those top four already even more of an advantage having the first round off, I didn't love. But the more I thought about it, how about this? You do the 12, but to be a top four team, to be in there, you do have to be a conference champion to get one of those buys. Does that make it a little more palpable for you? Well, I don't see it being 12. I just don't think they're going to expand that much. There's going to be too much of a pushback. You know, there's too much of a, you know, it's one of the good things college football is able to do is really maintain the integrity of the regular season. Uh, there is something to be said for as much as, you know, Part of the problem, too, by the way, is that the college football playoff games have been awful lately. That, you know, even if you've had these monster teams in where, you know, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, LSU, I mean, these are big, giant name programs. It's not like, you know, we're having a little Sisters of the Poor luck its way in. And the games have been blowouts. If you get more of those Deshaun Watson versus Alabama games or that Alabama-Georgia National Championship again or the Baker-Mayfield-Oklahoma-Georgia game again, I think the, the public sentiment tends to flip a little bit. It's because these games have been so bad that it makes it a little more like, all right, something's got to change here because it's boring. 
That's the bad part. And you still get there's still gonna be blowouts. It does you go to eight, twelve, sixteen, six, whatever it is, yeah, there's still gonna be blowouts. That's fine but- though. There's a there's a difference between a blowout in a college football playoff final four and in the first round. Mm-hmm. Because if Cincinnati gets in and gets rocked fifty five to three, all right, you know, it sucks, but they had their shot. And that's really all these teams are asking for is give us a chance to show if we can do this or not. And if it's a blowout, if that, you know, if the one big Saturday of games is all blowout, all right, whatever. You know, it's one big day of games. Uh, it's still you're giving these teams a chance and you're, you're adding more to the mix without really disrupting the entire regular season and disrupting the entire system that's been set up. Well, Pete, always enjoy the conversation. Thank you so much for joining me here today. It's been fun, and, well, I'm sure we'll do it a time or two here before the season gets here. Anytime, Trey. Have a good one. That's Pete Futek, College Football News. And, yes, you don't need a magazine. You can go out, get updated information again. The Iowa State full preview is up right now. Uh, came out yesterday, collegefootballnews.com. Team previews, 2021 spring rankings, predictions, everything that college football fans could imagine. Pete Futek and his group has it there, collegefootballnews.com. When we come back on the other side, I got picks for you. Got some choices. Try to hand out another winner. We got one for you yesterday. We'll try to go 2-0 on the week. When we come back, it's Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO. And Big names are headlining UFC 262. And DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a heavyweight offer for this weekend's fight with 101 odds. Just pick the main event fighter you think will win and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 101 odds on that fighter. That's right. Bet $1 on selected fighters, and if they win, you win. $100. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code KXNO when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on a main card fighter to win. That's code KXNO for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Iowa only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800- Iowa AAU has partnered with Jam On It Basketball Academy, the premier AAU event operator in the country, to bring to Des Moines the AAU Midwest Basketball Championships. Games will be played at the Iowa Convention Center and surrounding gyms. June 4 to 6 for the girls, 11th through the 13th for the boys. The event will attract teams from around the country. For more information, please visit aauiowa.com and jamonit.org. To be the best, you must play the best. AAU Midwest Basketball Championships, June 4 through 6 for the girls for guarantee details ken miller trent condon miller and condon on 1460 kxno and now on 106.3 fm this is kxno but to wrap on things here trent condon back with you miller and condon on KXNO, about an hour away from more local programming. Murphy and Andy will get you going at 1 o'clock, followed by the Sports Fanatics here at 3. Time to get some picks out for you here this afternoon. Day baseball already underway. 
Mets have jumped out to a 3-0 lead over the Orioles. That one in the third. And Reds and Pirates just getting started. The Cubs, they'll be playing at 12-10 today. Getaway game against Cleveland. And uh, back tonight, it'll be the White Sox and Twins on the local front. Also, Cardinals and the Brew Crew will get going. A couple of places. A couple of places I'm going uh, last night, just fading John Means and... Took a while, but finally were able to get that one as the Mets won it uh, in extra innings. First place we're going, never bet against the streak, right? Well, the streak is not a good one for the Kansas City Royals. I'm still going to do it. Give me KC, minus 135 tonight against KC Mize and the Tigers. It ultimately has to happen at some point. The Royals, were they as good as the start they got off to? No, they weren't. But they're better than what they played over the last week and a half. So I'll take the Royals with my first pick. Some plus money here. I kind of like the A's this evening at the Red Sox. It'll be Rodriguez for Boston. Young guy coming up for Oakland, getting the start there. But going to take the plus money. Uh, going to mix in a little A's money here in that one. And then we're going to finish it up as we go out to Houston. The Astros, slight favorite tonight. Andrew Haney, he was really good his last time out for the Angels. I really like Urquidy, the uh, starter tonight for Houston, though. Not a big price either. Minus 115. So those are the three plays here for your boy TC today. With that, we're out of time. Murph and Andy at 1, Fanatics at 3. The Morning Rush will get you started tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon, 10 to noon. I'll be solo again tomorrow. Andrew Down's going to stop in. We'll have lots of fun stuff going on for you. Ken in Vegas. Can't wait to hear those stories. Every song or he'll be in on Friday here during the program. Thanks to everybody out there for listening in. We'll talk to you again tomorrow at 10.